Gospel Message In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and reading from verse 14 Actually I'll start I'll start reading from 12 So this is 1 Corinthians chapter 2 from verse 12 and this is the Apostle Paul's letter to the people in Corinth, to the church of Christ in Corinth. And he writes from verse 12, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So in that verse 14, it reads, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. So it's that term, the natural man, that I want to focus on. Because a lot of times this scripture is read, a lot of people take it to mean that that natural man is referring to unbelievers. Now, even though unbelievers do fall into that category, it is not solely referring to unbelievers. It is, in fact, referring to those who are unregenerated, those whose lives have not received the life of Jesus Christ unto transformation, those people who have not nailed their sin life, their natural life to the cross and now received the life of Jesus Christ and are now walking and living in Christ Jesus. Those who are not born again, and I don't mean born again in the casual way we throw that term around these days, the true meaning of being born again, meaning I am crucified in Christ and yet I live, but not I, but Christ who lives within me. So my old person, the old life is dead. This life I lived prior to receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior because Jesus Christ, receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior is not, it's not, it's not a slogan. It's not a slang. It is, it is, it is a real thing. There is something happens, something is supposed to happen when we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We have to, there, in order for us to have a new life, another life must die. So this natural life, and what this natural man, who this, this natural life, this natural man is the natural state of man. Man in his natural state. What do I mean by that? This in, in the book of Psalms, I believe it's, it's Psalm 51, the, the, the Psalm of David, that confession, it says, 
in sin did my mother conceive me. When man fell and received in the Garden of Eden and received the condemnation of death, this body, this natural state, when we are now born, comes with this proclivity to sin. There is an inherent sinful nature that we are born with. Period. <laughs> Period. That is the damage that the fall did. The fall separated us from God. So where we once were these sinless creatures and we were created in the image and likeness of God, we took upon another nature at the fall. God took his nature and separated from this other, from, from man now, who had taken on the nature of sinfulness, the nature that is associated with the devil, the one who, the lawless one, the one who is of sin. We're not incarnates of the devil. We're born of God, created in his image. Remember, the Bible says God created man upright, but man has gone astray following his own schemes and devices. God created us upright. He created us whole, pure, but man, Adam and Eve chose uh, to listen to Satan, disobeyed God's explicit instruction on which was given the condemnation that those, <clears throat> excuse me, the one who eats of this fruit will surely die. Instruction. They ate of the fruit. They now received the condemnation of death upon their entire being. They didn't die right then and there. They didn't fall down and drop dead. But the condemnation of death was now superimposed on them. It was imparted, imputed upon them the condemnation of death and it got worked into the very fabric of human beings so man in his natural state is sinful bottom line we can think all the nice thoughts that we can but we have a proclivity to sin in the natural state of man the natural man we are sinful this natural man because it is it is it, it, it's its mindset it's it's the fabric of our being has a tendency to walk towards those things that are contrary to God in the book of of Romans just to digress very quickly in Romans well not really digressing but just to show another reference in Romans chapter 8 uh, in Romans chapter 8 and I believe it is from Verse, verse verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. This is the natural man. And when I say man here, I mean man, woman, child, human beings. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit do mind things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded, this is the natural man now, is death. But to be spiritually minded is life. Verse 7, because the carnal mind, which is again, the natural state of man, this natural man, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither can it be. Listen to that. It cannot. It does not have the ability. Eh? It says... It is not subject to the law of God. It, it does not have the ability to be subject to the law of God because it is of sin. Sin by its very nature is contrary to God. It does not obey. It's like saying the law of gravity. 
whatever goes up must come down. In order for it to stay up somehow or another, that law of gravity itself must be taken out. It must be negated. Some other thing has to come into play that will somehow temporarily suspend the law of gravity so that when you throw something up, it no longer comes down. But that is not the natural state of that thing. It is not the natural state of the law of gravity. Something has come in to somehow suspend the law of gravity or, or, or pause it or halt it or eradicate it altogether to make this thing now suspend. That's what sin is. Sin by nature is contrary to the will, to the way, and to the word of God. That is the nature of sin. Therefore, the natural man, man in his natural state, man after the fall, in his natural state is sinful, is carnal. It cannot obey the law of God. It cannot because it is of sin. That is the natural state of man. And that's why we were doomed. Save Jesus Christ. Not even say were, because it's a present tense thing. We are doomed, but for the grace of God in Christ Jesus. So going back to that 2 Corinthians, or was it 1 Corinthians that I said? 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So that 1 Corinthians chapter 2 Verse 14, again, it says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Remember, it can't. It has no desires to. It is not interested. Satan is not interested. The nature of sin is not interested. And man who was in sin did my mother conceive me naturally. In our natural state, we are not interested. Now, it doesn't mean all man in his natural state is depraved. It just means that when given the choice of good and evil, man has a tendency to be able to go to evil. It has just as much tendency to go towards good, but it has almost an even greater tendency to go towards evil because of the nature of sin that dwells within us. Something now has to come in and rearrange that state of man in order to make it have a proclivity towards good have a proclivity towards God. The natural state of man became like the natural state of gravity because again, the law of sin reigned in man, reigns in man. The law of sin, remember, a law is a law is a law. The law of gravity is the law of gravity. It does what it does. The law of sin is the law of sin. It does what it does. In order for us to now be deviated somehow from this powerful force that is the law of sin. Something had to come into play to be able to hijack it, get us, put itself in us so that we no longer are mandated to obey that law of sin, but we can now obey this new law that was imputed in us. And this new law is the law of life. But that law of life can only be obtained through the imputation that was put in us to deviate us from the law of sin. That is Jesus Christ himself, his very life. The life of Jesus Christ is the only way that the law of sin no longer has 
dominion over us. And that is why that passage says, this natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish to him. He, he cannot even understand them. And that's why that Romans, Romans chapter 8 says, again, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to love God, neither indeed can it be. Those that are after the flesh, those that are of the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit do mind the things of the spirit. You see the two lives? There is the sin life, there is the Christ life. So now, because of the impartation of Jesus Christ, imputing his life unto those who receive him, who receive him, who receive his life. But in order to receive the life of Christ, guess what? Something has to die. Two lives cannot exist and have dominion at the same time. Only one. They can both be around there, but only one can reign. Only one can have dominion. The one that has, remember, when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit, of the, of the, the forbidden fruit, the life of God had dominion in them. The life, of, the life of sin was just on the outskirts. It was on the outskirts. When they disobeyed God, they now gave the life of sin dominion. God, took, God stepped out. He stepped out because they had now chosen who was going to have dominion. Or again, they were probably tricked into it. According to the Bible, it says the woman was deceived, but the man sinned willingly and knowingly. Man sinned willfully and knowingly. So somehow or another, through all of that, they gave sin dominion. Now, through the love of God in Christ Jesus, we now have the opportunity to give God dominion again. But the dominion of God in our lives can only, be hap can only happen if Jesus Christ is the one who is enthroned as king in our lives. And in order for us to do that, that sin life, that sin nature, that natural man must die. Oh, that natural man must die. We, God is not going to put the natural man to death. We are the one who have to serve the natural man up on the altar. We are the ones that have to nail that natural man to the cross. We have to say we no longer want this dominion in my life. I choose Christ as dominion in my life. And that is what it means to die to self. We give a lot of very, very flamboyant technical definitions of dying to self. Here is what dying to self means. Dying to self means that my natural, the natural state of me, all the things that come naturally to me that are of that sin nature. It's like, take a lion, for instance. A lion in the state that the lion too became after the fall. A lion is a carnivore. If you put a goat here and a bale of grass here, no matter how you decorate that bale of grass, that lion is going to go and eat the goat because the very nature of a carnivorous beast is blood and flesh. That is what it eats. That is its diet. Its diet is to eat meat. It will eat any kind of flesh, even human flesh, if it has the opportunity. That is the nature of the lion. Now, do you want a lion to become a vegetarian? To now start eating grass? Then somehow or another, you have to kill the nature of that carnivorous beast and impute 
or imparts a vegetarian nature into that lion. If you don't do that, then you're wasting your time. Stand in front of that lion. That lion will eat you. Unless it had just eaten something five minutes before, then as soon as it digests that, then it'll eat you. But one nature has to be treated for another. There are animals that are omnivorous, but that's not a lion. A lion is a hardcore carnivore. And in order for it to not be a carnivore, it has to be given a different nature. The natural man has a sin nature by default. As a result of the fall, we are inclined to transgression. We are inclined to iniquity. And Satan has made it so that transgression and iniquity are pleasurable. They are sweet. They are enticing. They lure. They attract. They draw. And that is why the entire world, with we Christians right all up in it, are steeped in iniquity. And day after day, we commit it. And that's why day after day, we come to God and say, have mercy on me, O God. Forgive me all my sins, according to thy loving kindness. This is the nature of sin. You wonder why in John, for all the things, because again, as Christians, we often like to really confuse things. And instead of us to ask for the meaning, we give our own meaning, saying it's, it's, it's the meaning. In 1 John, in the book of 1 John, I'm going to try to scan quickly just so that in 1 John, I believe it's in, this is the part that says, um, he that is in Christ, I don't know if that's the exact wording, but it's talking about if the life of Christ is in us, then we cannot sin because the life of Christ cannot sin. The very life of Christ, the very nature of Christ cannot sin. It is impossible. It is impossible for the life of Christ to not sin, to sin. So if we, even though we're saying that we are, we are born again and we have the life of Christ in us, if we are still committing sin, then it is not the life of Christ. It is thus again, the nature of sin that dwells within us. Because the life of Christ, it says, this is uh, chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3. And ye know that he was manifested. This is Jesus. Okay, here it is. He says, whosoever committeth sin transgresseth, transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins. This is Jesus. And in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. This is what the Bible says. Because we hear in sermons says, oh, we, we, there's no way human beings cannot sin. That's not true. It's not no way human beings cannot sin. We all do sin, but is it impossible for a human being not to sin? Well, it says here, whosoever, that refers to a person, a human abideth in him, sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth, this is us, hath not seen him, neither know him. Wow. And yet we walk around every day almost bragging that, hey, you know what? It's natural to sin. It is natural, but it's natural to the sin life to sin. It is not natural to the Christ life to sin. It is not natural. This is the same Bible that also says, be ye perfect, even as your heavenly father is perfect. Yes, we know these are goals. 
We know these are goals, but again, the bottom line is that this is the instruction. God will not give us an instruction that is unattainable. The same way he says, whenever we are faced with a temptation, he has given us a way out of the temptation. Remember, sin only happens when we give in to the temptation. If he has given us a way out, that means he has given us a way to avoid the sin. We don't take it. We take the way to commit the sin. And then we say, well, it's impossible. It is not impossible. In the strength of man is impossible because in the strength of man, the very fullness and the manifestation of the strength of man is sinfulness. But with God, all things are possible because in God, there is no sin. In Christ Jesus, there is no sin. Verse 7, little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that commit, committed sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Verse 9, whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed the seed of God, the life of Christ, remaineth in him. And he cannot sin because he is born of God. This is what the Bible says. So which brings me back to the topic, this natural life, this natural life that its very tendency, its very proclivity, its very inclination is to sin. So when Jesus says, we must now die to self, this natural way of being, the natural state of man, the natural state of me, I have to die to it. I have to crucify it and now live by the life of Christ. Christ liveth in me. There's some funny way that we Christians, especially we who talk about being born again, like to talk about this being born again, like it's a walk in the park. And that is where it's such a joke because it is hard. And this is why it is hard because we stay in this body of flesh, right? This is where we are housed. So as long as we are here, the enemy will continue to tempt and tempt and tempt and tempt and tempt. And this is where the struggle comes in. Because when the enemy is saying, look at me, we have to keep our eyes on cross because we are dead to sin. That's what Romans 6 tells us. He says, we die to sin. Therefore, sin no longer has dominion over me. Remember the way Adam and Eve gave up dominion of God in the garden and took on the dominion of sin? When we are now born again in Christ Jesus, we are putting to death the sin life. Therefore, sin no longer has dominion over us. We now receive the life of Christ and the life of Christ has dominion over us. That doesn't mean Satan is not going to try. Oh, he tried that he, he walks around what does the bible say he prowls around like a lion looking for whom to devour remember the lion analogy that was just used he is looking for whom to devour where will i tempt them how will i tempt them how will i deceive them how will i get them to turn back to face me and give me dominion this is the daily struggle and that is why the bible says we die daily we die daily Every day we are given the opportunity of life. We give God thanks and we say, as it's said in Lamentations, through the mercy of God, 
through the mercy of God, we are not destroyed. We are not devoured. It is by his mercy that we have a new day. It is by his mercy that we're given another opportunity at life. We are not consumed by sin. We are not consumed by Satan, not because of our strength, not because of the power in our loins or the power of our resolve. It is by the mercy of God in Christ Jesus. Through the Lord's mercy, we are not consumed. For they are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. His mercy is renewed in our lives every single day when we take that vow to die to sin and live in Christ. It is the power of Christ that then fights for us. But we have to stay focused on him. We have to remember who we have given dominion back to. It is a daily struggle. So when we go through everything, that's why the Apostle Paul didn't have time to get married. He didn't have time to do all those things because all those things were distractions to him. I'm not saying anything about marriage, please. I'm talking about a particular example. I'm saying that was how serious his commission was. That was his lot. But for those of us who do get married or who do have children or who do work in corporate America or in hospitals or in schools or in, in have our businesses and we live life in the midst of everybody and we're not full-time pastors or full-time priests or full-time reverend sisters or whatever the case may be, we have to go through this world. Talk about the assault of the enemy upon us, trying to snatch us up, trying to get us at every given opportunity. We die daily because every day we keep our eyes on Christ. Every day we see him walking on the turbulent waters of our life. And because our eyes are on him and because our hope is in him, we are afloat. We walk on those waters with him. The minute we are distracted by the, by the wind and the waves, we find ourselves sinking just as Peter did. We die daily. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. And this life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who died and gave his life for me. Christ will fight for us, but we have to stay committed to him. Eyes on Christ. We die daily daily. It is no walk in the park because Satan has nothing but time until his time is up. In Genesis, just to tell another analogy about this, this, the natural man, remember what happened between Cain and Abel. When Abel gave his, his offering and it was accepted, and Cain's offering was rejected. And remember what the Lord said to him. Father God said, why has your countenance fallen? If you, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? And he said to him, he warned him. He said, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you. This is what he was saying to him. He's like, listen, you have an opportunity now to die to your nature. The, the, the natural inclination of Cain. Cain followed his natural inclination. Cain was Cain. Cain did not do anything that was contrary to what Cain was supposed to do. Cain in that moment as a man, just as a man, did exactly what the nature of man was supposed to do. It was prone to envy. 
it was prone to murderous rage it was prone to 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 vengeance it was prone to murder it was that is the nature of sin it is the nature of sin to be envious. It is the nature of sin to be vengeful. It is the nature of sin to, to, to want to do something to somebody who we believe did something wrong to us. It is the nature of sin. It is the nature of the sin life to be exactly who Cain was. And God warned him. It is the nature of sin to be angry. In that Genesis chapter 4, verse 5 says, and but unto Cain, his offering, he had no respect. And Cain was very wroth. He was very angry. And his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? Why are you angry? Why, why, why are you getting upset? If you do well, will you not be accepted? But if you do not well, sin lieth at your door. And unto thee shall be. Oh my God, listen to this. It says, if thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door and unto thee shall be his desire and thou shalt rule over him. He says, sin wants to have dominion over you, but you can have dominion over sin. Do the right thing. Thing. That was the warning. He said, if you do well, will you not be accepted? Do the right thing. This sin, your nature, your natural sinful nature wants to have dominion over you. But think about it. The offering was to me, says God. The offering was to me. Do well now so that you can now have dominion over this thing that is crouching at your door that desires to have you. But what did Cain do? He gave in to his nature. He had the opportunity to follow along the nature of God, the nature that his brother Abel followed. And that's why Abel's offering was accepted because he did well. It was in line with the nature of God. Cain's offering was not. And when it was rejected because it was revealed to be exactly what it was, when it was rejected, he was angry, not at himself for doing the wrong thing, but he was angry at his brother. His brother didn't do anything to him. His brother pleased God. His brother's life pleased God. His brother's offering pleased God. But Cain's life did not please God. And that was why his offering did not please God. Because his very life, his very substance, his mindset, what he did, what he thought, the way he lived his life, his choices did not please God. Therefore, whatever offering that he brought with that person with that countenance with that life was rejected by God because it had the stench of sin on it and instead of him to now repent he was wroth and he slew his brother because it is the very nature of sin to kill after all the devil is a murderer he has been a murderer from the beginning that is what God says. So let us understand the power of this natural man and who it swears allegiance to. It swears allegiance to he 
who is the lawless one. He who is the one of sin, the man of sin, the agent of sin, the devil. But we have a way out in Christ Jesus. And this way out in Christ Jesus requires that every single day we take that sin life, that nature of sin, that natural proclivity that we have, and we kill it. We kill it. We stab it in the heart. We nail it to the cross. We kill it. Whenever it rears its ugly head, we remind it that it is dead. And we make sure that it is Jesus Christ who sits on the throne of our life. He has to have dominion in order for this salvation business to happen. If he doesn't have dominion, then Satan does. So we have a choice to make. And in order to make that choice to choose Jesus, then we must die daily. And may we continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.